<clears throat> Good evening and welcome to our monastery broadcast again. Uh, I had promised to continue our discussion of liturgical divine services in the series of Introduction to the Orthodox Faith. But another question has come up, and it comes up repeatedly, so I've decided to address it this evening. And we can take it as part of an introduction to the Orthodox faith. Uh, in North America, we find different influences pressing against Orthodox Christians who are located in different parts of the country. So the one issue I wanted to discuss this evening is the problem of confusing the word Orthodox <clears throat> with conservative, ultra-conservative, or fundamentalist. Uh, orthodoxy is none of those things. It is simply orthodox. When we speak about preserving the sacred tradition, we're not talking about freezing our minds and our concepts in some ancient period of time, unable to grow, develop, or learn, or take advantage of new knowledge and understanding, and even change some of our models of reality, because really some of the concepts that have come down in the Orthodox Church have nothing to do with the sacred tradition at all. They're simply ideas that were drawn from the best science of a given era, perhaps medieval times or even pre-medieval times, the best medical knowledge that was once known. All of these things do not, concept, uh, do not constitute sacred tradition of the Church. The sad fact that this artificial conflict between some religious people and science is actually pushing people away from Christ and away from the church. And this is a serious matter because this kind of blind fundamentalism uh, is a kind of ultra-conservatism also. And if some of you will remember that a long time ago I said in a broadcast that I consider ultra-conservatism to be a birth defect because I don't think anybody could choose that kind of a lifestyle for themselves. Interestingly enough, studies at the University of California have demonstrated that extreme conservatism and extreme liberalism, or just conservatism and liberalism, are sort of hardwired in a person at birth. And the reason they're hardwired is because conservatism is usually tied together with the fear mechanisms in the human brain. And uh, so this is one of the problems that we're facing. Fundamentalist Protestants have turned the Holy Scripture into a form of idolatry. We can call it bibliolatry, but it is sheer unmitigated idolatry. The idea that every single word of Scripture was written by God, that it has to be literally interpreted exactly as it appears in English, almost always as the English language translation has it, or somebody retrofitting the Greek with their uh, understandings of the Scripture, that every single word of Scripture is completely inerrant. <clears throat> this is an idolatry, really. The grace of the Holy Spirit, which indwells in God's people, particularly in the church as a whole, has given us the meaning of divine scripture. The understanding of the gospel, the understanding of the epistles of Apostle Paul, 
but has not locked us into antique models of reality. I'm often fond of saying to uh, a group of particularly um, evangelical people, I'm often invited to speak with them and have a good relationship among evangelical people, but sometimes I like to horrify them by writing on a blackboard, did God create the universe or did he write every single word of scripture? Take, you cannot have it both ways, so take your pick. The scripture is not inerrant completely and in the concept that they're talking about. The scripture is not about any kind of scientific reality. The scripture is revealing to us the meaning of mankind, the meaning of his existence on this earth, his relationship with God, his relationship with the world, his relationship with other human beings. It is not revealing to us anything about the creation of the universe or the earth. Now, why do we say that you cannot claim that the scripture is totally inerrant or that every word was written by God? Because God did create the universe, in fact, and therefore he would know that the sun does not also ariseth. The sun does not rise. The earth rotates on its axis. If uh, we read the psalm, the sun knows it's going down. In fact, the sun doesn't know anything. And the sun does not go down. Perhaps if the uh, ecclesiast had preempted Procter and Gamble, he might have said, as the world turns, instead of uh, the sun also rises. That would have at least been accurate. Also, one does not make the day longer for Yeshua or Joshua by making the sun stand still, because the sun is not moving relative to the earth. Also, when we say that uh, he has established the earth which shall not be moved, we understand it in a metaphorical or spiritual sense, not a literal sense, because the earth most certainly moves. And there are other issues in the scripture. When we try to create some artificial and frankly fraudulent concoction like scientific creationism, we're always going to run into problems because scientific creationists are trying to force science to agree with their particular interpretation of scripture, and it is a fundamentalist interpretation. Not exactly what scripture says, but a, a fundamentalist interpretation, which has layers of ideology and models of reality placed upon it. Instead of trying to see if the scripture could be brought into accord with real discoveries of science, to try to force science to fraudulently come into accord with scripture, this presents a serious problem because it is de-evangelizing North America. It is forcing younger generations to abandon Christ and Christianity. And it is being done because of a stubborn and arrogant ideology, not because of anything that is real. And this is a problem that needs to be addressed time and time again. We also cannot be fundamentalist about everything that the Holy Fathers wrote. And we'll discuss that a little bit later as well. Many times the ideas that are expressed were taken from the best scientific knowledge of 